Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. This is an awesome opportunity to just be in God's presence. I'm uh, looking for a particular document here because I wanted to read. Where did it go? Oh, here it is. I wanted to read this. This is a, a poem written by Brenda Wilson, and Brenda's very gifted at writing poems, and she shared many of them with us. But she, this was one the Lord had given her last month, and it's called Ignite. God wants us to be on fire for him, to live a life completely devoted to Christ. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. God wants us to be hot, a light burning bright for him, to a world full of darkness and sin. God wants us to spend time in his presence. We will give him reverence. God has set us apart to be holy, to be different from the world. We have the Holy Spirit within to bring heaven to earth. God will ignite us as we seek his face. He will fill us with the Holy Ghost and fire. God will take us higher. For God takes us from glory to glory as we draw closer to him. Ignite us, God, and burn everything that is not of you. Set us on fire and make us anew. Isn't that good? Thank you, Brenda, very much for sharing that with us. I um, really uh, appreciate those uh, opportunities for you when you share those. I want to start off just with a a really cool story, uh, practical, in, this, in regards to ask, last week we really spent time on that, and, and in the area of asking, asking God, and, and this is more of just asking somebody, it's a practical story, because, you know, uh, what is it? You have not because you ask not, right? And so my five-year-old grandson uh, was raising money for his school for some projects, and he was going around asking people, and he asked a particular person in this church, uh, for to help support uh, the, the fundraiser that he was going to be doing the fun run that he was going to be running in. And he's all excited about this. So when this person asked, well, how much money would you like me to donate? And he said, $100. <laughs> well, if you know my grandson, he thinks big and he, he thinks, hey, you know, let's, let's go for it. And, you know, he's five, so he doesn't really know complete value of money, but he does know $100 is a lot of money. Well, guess what? This person said, you want $100? Okay, I will donate $100. He got that $100 from that person. But here's the story. First of all, he asked. And he didn't ask just, I I know that if he would have said $10, that person would have given him $10. But he asked for $100. And, and they gave him 100 Now, that's a lot of money for a five-year-old kid. And he, he raised some serious money for, for his school. But for us, when we go to God and ask him, ask in faith and ask big, whatever it is. Don't go small. Don't go little. Don't go, well, Lord, I just need this just to get by. Go ahead and go for it. Ask. Because if you don't ask, you're not going to get it. So ask, ask big. And God is a big God. He's a gracious God. He loves to give to his kids. Amen? Yeah. Amen. 
I, uh, this week, we're going to talk about seeking, but I'm kind of flip-flopping a little about how I'm presenting this this morning. Um, before I do that, my wife asked me if I would do something. I was hesitant to do this, but I'm going to do it because I think it's, it's appropriate, I suppose, for the congregation to, to know kind of some of the things about what I'm doing. So this afternoon, I'm leaving to go up to, up north, up to Burien, uh, up to uh, the CJCT. It's a, a law enforcement academy. But I'm going up there for the purpose of, there's a, a, a chaplaincy academy. So I'm going to be doing that this entire week uh, up there. And it's a pretty intensive course. Uh, but here, here's, and just in a quick nutshell, and we'll follow up more on this later, um, but it's an honor for me to have been asked by our city, our uh, police department, to be their lead chaplain. And so that, that's a big deal um, for me personally, for, for our family, for this church. Uh, of time, I've spent time talking with our leadership, our, our uh, intercessor team, and uh, we're all in agreement moving forward together with this and just the opportunity that, that we have as a church because you're part of whatever we're doing in the community, you're part of that. And so if you would just be, keep me in your prayers in this and I, I'm looking forward to seeing how this unfolds and, and develops, but to have an opportunity to serve our city uh, this way is, is a great honor and a blessing. And um, I humbly accepted that request from from them and so it's 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 good and i it speaks highly of of you guys too as a church because our church you know you don't realize this but this church has great influence in our community um we are known in our city we are known by our city officials and uh we we're here to serve our city and the community really in that regard it's beyond and so that that's just a testament to who you guys are and your willingness to serve as well. So I, I wanted to say that before we get started. Okay, on to the seeking. Week two, keep on seeking and you will find. Matthew 7, 7 and 8. Keep on asking, which we've been doing this last week, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking, which we'll talk about next week. And the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Lord, thank you this morning that again we can talk about your word. Amen. Your word is so true and it's so solid and it's, it's something that we can grab a hold of and know this is something we can live our life by. And Lord, I just ask today as you speak to us, that you allow these words to not only get in us, but to get out of us, to flow through us, flow out of abundance of the well that you have placed within each one of us. Thank you for your presence today. And we ask your blessing upon our time as we talk about you and your word today. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. So, so first of all, the question then would be, uh, what keeps us from seeking and continuing to seek. What is it that keeps us from that? Well, I thought a lot about this. Basically, I came up with one word, choices. Choices. We always have choice every day when we get up. 
when we wake up, am I going to get out of bed or am I going to stay in bed? <laughs> am I going to um, submit my day to God or am I just going to rely on myself today? Because I think I might be able to do this. Um, am I going to seek him today or am I just going to uh, just let it play out today and see how that goes? Or am I going to wing it today? Like maybe we do a lot. <laughs> we just kind of wing it. So we, we have choices. God created us with free will, right? Will to choose. And that's how he created us. He, he did not create us to automatically love him, to submit to him, to serve him. He didn't create us to do that. He created us to choose because he didn't want, us to, he didn't want to force us to do something because that, that's not a good feeling, right? If you, somebody told you, you have to marry this person, you don't even know who they are, and you're just sort of like stuck in this thing, well, I guess I, they never really know if you love them or not because you're sort of in this thing. God didn't want it to be something that he pressured or he created or, or forced something. He didn't want to force us to worship him. So our own free will then, we get to choose if we love him, if we serve him, if we worship him, if we, want, if we submit to him. We make that choice. So when we choose to do that, it's a good feeling, mutual feeling there relationship-wise, and it's true with all of us in our own personal relationships. And we do it, why? Because we want to. I love God I serve him, I worship him, I submit to him because I want to. I want to because I see the goodness of God in my life. I see who he is. I see how much love he has for me. And I see that's poured out on me daily and it's in abundance. And so I want to reciprocate that. I want to give that back to him. But, but I'm choosing every day. You're choosing every day things that, in your life. I'm going to do this or I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this or I'm going to do this. There's always choices we have the freedom to choose. I want to take us to a scripture in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy chapter 30, starting in verse 15. And this is where Moses gave a call to Israel to return to the Lord. They, they wandered away, and we know that that happened quite often with them. So Moses is saying, now listen, today I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. Okay, there's a choice. They have to choose. There's a choice. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and keep his commands, his decrees and regulations, by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you and the land you are about to enter and occupy. But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, and if you are drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long, Good life in the uh, live a long good life in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. So there's again choices. We every day we're faced with making choices, and even though it's a command that's given in Scripture, we still have a choice to follow that command. It, it really comes down to: Am I going to choose to do that today? Am I going to choose to seek God today? Am I going to choose to put Him first today? Because we make choices all the time whether we're going to do that or we're not going to do that. So we see it's laid out pretty clearly in the Bible, the commands that we have. If we do this, God will do this. If you don't do this, this is what happens. So it's very clear for us as we're moving forward and as we're living our life here on earth. And, and so seeking God 
at times for us, it's, it, it can be easy to sort of like stop doing that because of all the things that are going around us, and we have an opportunity to choose. So we see here in Joshua chapter 24, starting in verse 11, said, when you crossed the Jordan River and came to Jericho, the men of Jericho fought against you, as did the Amorites and the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, a lot of ites. But I gave you victory over them, and I sent terror ahead of you to drive out two king, the two kings of the Amorites. It was not your swords or bows that brought you victory. It's good to know that right there because it's not our strength, in our strength that we're doing these things that we're doing. And so you, we need to be reminded of that because sometimes things start going good for us and we think, mm, this is good, I'm doing good. And we can, then all of a sudden we stop seeking God because we're not in a place where we feel like we have to pursue God for something. But we are to continually seek him because then he's reminding us, it's not in your strength that you're doing this. He says, I, give, I gave you the land you had not worked on. I gave you towns you did not build, the towns where you are now living. I gave you vineyards and olive groves for food, though you did not plant them. So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols of your ancestor, that your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to, <coughs> excuse me, to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. A choice. They're faced with a choice. Who are you going to serve? Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates? Or will, you, will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. I want to give a word to the heads of households here today. This needs to be something you're saying. And you need to be declaring this. But as for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. And, and it's a responsibility of the dads. If there's a dad in the home, if not, the, the, the mom takes that role. Whatever the situation is, you've got to step up and declare the word of the Lord because you have choices that you're making every day. And you, you look at your family situation, and it could be going well right now, or it could be falling apart. Whatever it is, we still need to declare, as for me and my house, as for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. No matter what the enemy tries to do and tries to throw at us. So because he created us with the free will, every day we're making choices. Every day, all day long. Our human nature often encourages us to make choices that are usually more about convenience than conviction. So often, our human nature, it's, it's the easy route, it's the feel, it feels better, this isn't as difficult, this isn't a challenge, it makes, it, it's more comfortable, it's easier for the, <laughs> for the moment I'm living in, right, <coughs> excuse me, easier for the moment we're living in. However, when we give our life to Christ, we take on a different nature, a new nature. We take on a spiritual nature that needs to make sure that our human nature stays in check with our spiritual nature. That's what happens. Thank you, Brett. That's what happens when we become believers. So now we are, need, we are needing to operate in a different spirit, a different nature. Amen. We put the old nature away. Yes. 
So here we see this in Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 21. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Have we put on our new nature? Do we walk in our new nature, or do we walk in our old nature, the human nature, the flesh? That's a choice we have to make every morning. What nature am I going to walk in today? Am I going to walk in the flesh, or am I going to walk in the spirit today? We make that choice every day. And, and there's situations that come up, and we either respond with our human nature, or the Holy, we allow the Holy Spirit to speak into that situation. Now, because we are believers, those who are, you are dealing, you have a tug of war going on because you have, you have invited Christ to be Lord of your life. You have taken on a new nature. So now you no longer are dealing with just your human flesh that you did prior to becoming a believer. Now there's a tug of war between these two natures because it's our human nature to fight things and to, to not necessarily come in line with the spiritual nature. But when we're seeking him wholeheartedly and we're going after him each day and we're putting him first, it becomes much easier for that spiritual nature to be in control of our human nature. And at times, we even need to, to uh, like we're doing now, uh, take, make big focuses on this. Even for some, it's fasting, when you're, whatever that looks like for you. Sometimes you need to do that to really draw and pull our flesh into line with where it needs to be. And it cannot be in charge. It needs. So why does Matthew 7, 7 say to keep on seeking? Because our human nature says, stop, it's not working. I've tried this. Uh, I knew it wouldn't work. You know, that's what happens when we seek God and we're looking for something and we don't see the answer very quickly. Yes. We tend to just like, oh, I didn't think it was going to work anyway. Our, our human nature is just to sort of stop and give up. And that's why it says, keep on seeking. Don't stop seeking. If you don't see the answer, keep seeking, keep yes. seeking, keep yes. seeking. Keep seeking. I'm going to tell you about three stories in Matthew. There's three stories that have two options each. In Matthew, two options to choose from. These three stories there's two roads, there's two trees, and there's two houses. In Matthew 7, verse 13 and 14, we're talking about a road. We're talking about a narrow road, and we're talking about a wide road. Yes. Most choose the wide road, it's convenient, it's wide. It's easy to stay on it. Even though we know as believers that the end of the wide road is destruction, the end of the narrow road is eternal life. But what does the scripture say? That's why I think it's important that we see, hear this, we read it, we look at it and go, we're not exempt. We have to continue to pursue God and seek him. So it says this, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. 
The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the, listen to this, for the many who choose, choose again, who the many who choose that way. You choose what path you go on. You do. We make choices. And that's why God's given us the privilege and ability to choose. He has not forced us into anything that we do. He says, all right, here's the options. You choose. But unfortunately, many people choose that broad path. It says, but the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. Why is that? It's difficult. It's not easy. It's sac- we have to sacrifice. It costs us something. The road's not easy. It's easy just to, to allow just life to be life, and we just accept whatever happens, and we, we do all the fun things we think are fun, and all those things we do, and I'm just going to go down this road. Hopefully, it'll be good for me. It'll be easy. I'll tell you this, our beds that we sleep in, because that's a choice in the morning, here's an example. Our beds, if you look at wide and narrow, our beds are a lot wider than a treadmill. (laughs) Think about that for a second. I understand that. Early in the morning, I have a choice. Get up, go run on the treadmill, or stay in bed. The bed's a lot wider and a lot more comfortable in town you than a treadmill. But the treadmill mill produces something good for my body. Yeah. At least that's what I hope and understand that to be, physically. But we all have those choices to make. So, then we have a good tree and a bad tree, two trees. A bad tree can't produce good fruit. It's impossible. And a good tree cannot produce bad fruit. And we see this in this scripture in Matthew 7, verse 15. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from, a thorn, from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify (coughs) a tree by its fruit, so (coughs) so you can identify people by their actions. It's easy. This is one of the greatest scriptures in the Bible. There's so many, but I mean, if you're looking and if you're looking for something to help you a little bit, when you're looking at trees, you can tell on a tree what kind of fruit's being produced in your life because your actions show that kind of fruit. Is it good fruit or is it bad fruit? What kind of fruit do my actions produce? That's a good question we have to ask each other. Is it good fruit or is it bad? If it's bad fruit, we need to repent. We need to get back online and we need to start producing good fruit. That's the thing. It's not like, oh, shoot, my life's, it's, it's over, it's gone, I have no chance. That's where the cross comes in. Always, hey, come, whoever comes and asks, I will forgive, I will help in rebuilding, whatever that is. The third 
choice is a house. Two houses. One's built on a rock, one's built on the sand. Which surface do we build our house on? Matthew 7, 24. Anyone, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows, it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone, anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand, when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with the mighty crash. These are three incredible examples to us the good, the bad. They're choices. We're making choices every day. Are we choosing to seek him every day? Or are we choosing to just allow the wind to take us in whatever direction that we're going? I believe that once we've listened and once we have taken action to be obedient to whatever that is, our time of seeking becomes much more joyful. It becomes much more fulfilling in that yes. sense yes. because we're pursuing out of a heart of God I, I, I continually want to be transformed by the washing of the water of your word I want my mind to be transformed I want, I want to be refreshed with your presence I want to be uh, lock in step with you and, and decisions that I'm making every day and moving forward God I'm asking I'm seeking you I'm seeking you whatever the answer is that you're looking for Whatever your challenge is, whatever you're facing, continue to seek. Don't stop seeking him. It could be a health issue. We're praying for many people in this church every day, and we're having special times of prayer. We're specifically praying, and we're calling out to God for miracles because we believe that we serve a God of miracles. Amen? Amen? That's what he is. He's a God of miracles. The word seek Seek as for a thing of value that we have lost, or as the shopper that seeks for a certain special gift. You're, you're looking just for that certain, you just continue to pursue till you find it. So how do we seek? We seek by prayer, by going to the Lord in prayer. Pray in actively pursuing God's will. God, what is your will for me? What is your will? Because our will, we know what our will is. We want his will. We must seek him diligently every day. We need to make sure we're seeking him diligently. There's a story in the Old Testament, and I, <clears throat> you think about the magnitude of how many people, when they went into war and they battled against each other, it wasn't just, you know, hey, your little village against my village. There's a story about Asa when he became king of Judah. The good thing, because if you read the stories in the Old Testament in regards to Israel and Judah and some of these um, nations and things that was happening, there, that were happening, there's so much um, where the enemy would come in and allow the, what God had established to be wiped away, and they bring their idols in. They bring all of the things that would be totally opposite of what God do would do, and they would begin to worship their idols and all this stuff, and it just 
it, it created such a, uh, a horrible uh, situation. So when Asa became king of Judah, he cleaned house. He came in and, and said, I'm removing all the pagan worship. I'm removing all the idols. I'm crushing those. I'm destroying them. I'm getting rid of them. And here's what he also did. He commanded Judah to seek God. It was a command. We're going to seek God. We're no longer going to listen to the idols and seek seek the, the human nature things and the demonic things of the, and the enemy. He said, we're going to seek God. So he took over 300,000 of his own men and another 280,000 uh, men from Benjamin and went to battle against one million men, Ethiopian men, and they went into battle. Of course, because of their seeking God and because of, of, of uh, King Asa coming in and just cleaning everything and making it right, God gave them victory. This was a big victory. And so there was an obedience that came, and so the Spirit of God came on this situation. And, it, and then it goes on. If, uh, I, I don't have the Scripture posted. I'm just going to read a couple of, of verses out of 2 Chronicles 15. Um, just the first verse said, The Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Odeb, and he went out to meet King Asa. As he was returning from the battle... Listen to me, Asa, he shouted. Listen, all you people of Judah and Benjamin, the Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with him. Whenever you seek him, you will find him. Whenever you seek him, you will find him. Whenever you will seek him, you will find him. It goes on to say in verse 7, but as for you, be strong and courageous, for your work will be rewarded. There's a reward coming as we seek him, as we, as we are obedient to him. We jump forward, and then so we see that this happened, and they, they, they basically crushed the enemy, and they gathered all the spoils that they had. And so they ended up sacrificing uh, 700 cattle. They had over 7,000 sheep, and, and that they, all of the stuff that they'd taken from the plunder, and they sacrificed them to the Lord. And verse 12 says this. This is really key for us. Then they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, with all their heart and soul. Yeah. They entered into a covenant. Then verse 15 says, all in Judah were happy about this covenant, for they had entered into it with all their heart. Yeah. They earnestly sought after God, and they found him. Yeah. And the Lord gave them rest from their enemies on every side. I believe, as the worship team comes at this time, I believe like Judah did, we need to enter into a covenant with our Lord to seek him. A covenant to seek him with all of our hearts. When you enter into a covenant marriage, it's not something that's convenient or will last until you just feel like it's not going to work anymore, but it's a covenant before God, that no matter what happens, ups and downs and everything, we're going to get through this thing. A covenant really has, is, a, is a strategy, or is a, is a commitment that has no exit strategy. We shouldn't be thinking, how am I going to get out of this if I, if, you know, if I start seeking God and it doesn't work, I've got to figure out how to, what's my other answer? There isn't another answer. There is no other strategy except seeking God with all of our hearts. The strategy is to pursue God by 
running to him no matter what challenge we face. So we need to keep on seeking him because he said, if you seek me, you will find me. That's a guarantee. That's a promise. And his will will be done in our lives. So I just want to encourage us in this. And it gave us some examples because we are people, every day we make choices. Tomorrow when you wake up, what are you going to choose to do? Are you going to choose to seek him? Or are you going to choose to just kind of throw things to the wind and hope it works out? I would suggest and I would recommend and I would implore you, make a covenant with him. God, I'm going to seek you every day. And listen, listen to me. I want to be cautious in this too, in the sense that don't beat yourself up if you, if you don't do something right or if you miss something or opportunity. Don't allow the enemy to condemn you, to tell you, oh, you didn't, you didn't take that to the Lord. That's why you failed. That's condemnation for the enemy. Now, the Holy Spirit may come and bring just that light little tap on the shoulder and say, hey, don't forget. That's a conviction thing that works, and that's how he works. So don't allow the enemy to condemn you. But we're out to, to seek him and to, to uh, each day and to just allow him to help to improve our lives as we go along our way. Because those challenges we face, they don't go away. They're there. But it was, it, the incredible thing is that he's in, on the journey with us, and he knows that he's, he'll never let us go every step of the way. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 